0: Well, hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of Get Podcasts. I am Tim Malone, executive coach and owner of Your Life's Direction, an executive coaching and learning and development provider and an HR consulting firm. So what is a Get Podcast? Well, the Get Podcast is, as the name suggests, a place that learners can gather, empower, and transform together through a series of insightful podcast discussions with expert leaders from all backgrounds and from all industries. So as we continue to discuss leadership today, I am thoroughly pleased to be joined by Darian House, a community engagement and public relations professional. Darian describes himself as someone who is passionate about providing resources to assist people with reaching their potential. And Darian desires to help those who have taken maybe a more non-traditional path to career efficacy. Darian has extensive leadership experience and he is all about choices and how leaders choose a deliberate leader style and a paradigm. So Darian, thank you for joining me on today's podcast. Hi, Tim. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Good. I'm very glad. I'm, I'm thrilled to have you. You have you have quite the body of work as I described it. Um, so what I'd like you to do is I would like you just to tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're currently doing today. Okay. So one
1: thing about that question, that question is very really interesting because in a way that question gives you free reign to kind of discuss anything you want to, but a lot of times, people want to kind of tailor to a specific type of, of of part of who you are or what you've done. So, I'm going to tailor this question more so in in this way. So, well, I, I'm,
0: I mean I'm, it. I mean it in a very open ended way, so you can do whatever you want with that question.
1: <laughs> Thank you, Tim. So, so I'm I'm very I'm a very eclectic person. I believe in just. Taking a look holistically at a lot of different things, uh, I have a lot of different interests. And so, when you if you try to if a person tries to determine what my interests are, you could be all over the map. Anything from listening to uh, postmodern philosophy to taking out classic hip hop to watching Japanese anime to figuring out what the best fragrance is. I mean, I'm I'm very eclectic in that. And so when I when I when I compare that to leadership I think a good leader is somebody who is very eclectic in their approach they don't necessarily draw from one particular discipline of their leadership and you know and I believe a person that's well-rounded I guess the so-called renaissance person if you would if you want to take it back is a, a person that basically borrows from a lot of different areas and is able to integrate all of those things into their persona allowing them to have a full experience in life so that's what I try to do I try to understand and learn is from many, as many places as I can and that allows me to be able to have a particular type of leadership because I'm drawn from a lot of different sources I'm just not I'm just not a disciple of one particular person or one particular style ergo I have to have to fit within the parameters of a particular person I'm, again this is where my eclectic system comes in I'm looking at a lot of different styles and approaches things that work things that haven't worked and that is that has informed my professional career. I've been all over the map professionally. I've worked in television, I've worked for Planned Parenthood, I've worked, I've worked as a school teacher, I've worked, I've worked in ministry, I've done all kinds of things. And again, a lot of these things don't necessarily fit. When I'm in interviews, um, what happens sometimes is the interviewer will say to me, How does this fit with this? You went from this to this. How did this even work? And and when I look at it, if I had to, if I had to give one unifying thing unifying theme of my professional career has been, my desire has been to help people reach their potential, to help people to become their best version of themselves. And that's something that is very important to me. And so whatever I've done, my whole modus operandi has been, I want you to be able to become the best person through the work that I'm doing to assist you.
0: So it sounds like um, you have helped people uh, take those non-traditional paths to career efficacy, that's part of the way I introduced you because you yourself are non-traditional. Absolutely. So so I, I really want to ask you about that, um, Darian, because it it just piques my interest. So this eclectic version, the way you described yourself, that must have an impact on, well, there it must have an impact on a couple of things. Obviously, it has an impact on your leadership. But specifically, it ha- probably has a lot to do with your curiosity, with your inclusivity and in the way you lead from an inclusive point of view. It probably, I mean, there's probably, you know, lots of things I could say to that. Rather than me tell you, give, give us an idea of, of the impact that that, um, that that has had on the way you lead.
1: Okay, thank you. Again, everything you said, I, I was, uh, people can't see me because I'm shaking my head, but I was shaking my head to everything that you were saying, Sam, yes. that's correct. That's correct. So, so I guess, I guess, I guess to the, the kind of, to kind of go, kind of uh, from a psychological standpoint, if I was on a proverbial couch, if you would, as growing up as a kid, um, I, I didn't like to see people who were mistreated. I didn't like to see people who were left out you know, a lot of times I was left out because I, I was kind of like the kid that wasn't able to join in the reindeer games. I wasn't able to play with some of the other kids. I had some I had some coordination issues. I had some some kind of neurological challenges that I had as a younger person. So I wasn't able to do all the things that the other kids did. And so I didn't like the way that felt. And so I never wanted anybody to feel that way. So I've tried to be inclusive in everything that I've done. I've tried to listen to what people have said they needed and try to figure out, okay, how can we get you there? You know, what kind of ways can we get you there? Here's, here's an example. Example of, of my leadership um, philosophy is, is encapsulated this way. So when I'm, when, I, when I'm organizing and doing like a health fair, it's typically, if you think about a community health fair, you think about, you're gonna have people doing blood pressure screenings, maybe some diabetic screenings, maybe some other type of health related screenings. And c- certainly I have those, those entities at, 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 the, at, the, at the health fair. But additionally, I have bill payment assistance, I have, uh, I bring food banks, Um, I bring, you know, homeless information, information about just all kinds of different entities that are involved in the community, because I'm thinking that from a holistic standpoint, people that are coming that may need this may also need these other things. And I don't want to deny them the opportunity to be able to get some other kinds of resources. And so what I've learned in my life is to invite as many people as you can to particular opportunities because you don't ever want to be in a situation where the opposite happens where you don't invite people.
0: Oh, that's right. And so
1: people and people say, well, why didn't you ask me to come? You know, I would have loved to have been at, at this particular event. Why didn't you why not you think about us? And so when you think about things beyond beyond your silo, you're able to see the different needs that are there. So my leadership style and what I try to do is try to bring bring all these different entities to bear so that a person can get these resources that, that, that they may need. And then after, after the event is over, we do a debrief and say, okay, who should, who do we forget to invite? And so that the next time we can have those entities there as well, you know? So that's, that's in a nutshell how I lead and how I think about trying to help people reach their potential. I'm looking at the things that they, that they that, you know, things that they have and what they're, where they're trying to get to and what is the steps that you would take to get there. Again, when, yeah. I, was, when I was younger, I didn't realize that I didn't have to go to a four year university. I could have went I could have gone to a community college. I could have gone to the military. I could have i could have gone to trade school. I didn't necessarily consider all those options as viable. I've I've only saw one thing, which which was go to a four year university. That's what you have to do. And so other people I've recognized that that they may not they may not be in their wheelhouse, but they still want to get to a particular place. So let's try to get them there.
0: Yeah. So I'm really curious too. So we're 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 still we're still around your introduction, and uh, but I but I wanted I want to pick it apart a little bit more too, if you don't mind. When when you when you talk about um, uh, reaching helping people reach their 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 um their potential, what kind of a leader? What does it take for a leader to help others reach their full potential?
1: one i think the most important thing is being able to build a relationship with the person that you're helping i mean you you got, you got i mean people are more than just widget makers people are more than just automatons that are that are fulfilling a particular function at their particular corporate entity they're more than that so it behooves us to to have to recognize the humanity inherent in every person that we run into so first of all, all you got to do is understand that they're human beings. And they didn't, they wasn't born by their parents to 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 build these widgets. That wasn't what they, they when they came into the world, it wasn't the parents that said, you're going to build widgets. They came into the world as a child, not knowing anything about anything and having to be taught things as we all have. So it's important to be able to recognize their humanity first and say, oh, okay. and so when I'm leading, so when, I, when, I'm, when I'm introduced to a new team, I'm, I'm starting a new job and I have a new team that I'm responsible for. One of the first things that I do is, I say, let's talk. I said, I schedule one-on-ones with everybody, not so I can I can tell them what my expectations are, of, you know, about the job and what, what their expectations are. Only what I would like to do is find out. So, what do you do for fun? Do you like to Do you like to do this? Do you like to do that? And how important is your family to you? Again, not trying to get into, not trying to get all the way into people's business because again, this is a professional environment. But certainly, I just want to at least get some broad strokes regarding the things that are that matter to them, so that. I can be able to best help them to get where they're trying to get to professionally. It's like, so where do you want to go professionally? Where are you trying to get to? I want to be. I want. I want your job. I was like, great. That's that's great. So let me help you get there because I want some people. When if you said to them, "Hey, I, what is your what is your goal? I want to. I, I want to. I want to be in your job. I want to sit in your seat." Then they would they would feel intimidated and they would feel. Like, oh my God, I need to I need to eliminate this person because this person's competition. I don't want this person outshining me. Whereas I see this as great, let me help you do it because that means if you're you're gonna get this road, that means that I can move somewhere else. And so yeah, that's the goal of a leader is to be able to build people up so that they can go beyond you.
0: So so it sounds like what you're advocating is a really sound or it really begins with knowing people and building yes. the relationships with people. It reminds me. Um, Darian of a book out it's a I I believe it's still on the New York Times bestseller list um, by David Brooks and it's um, the title is how to know a person the art Mm -hmm. of seeing others deeply and being deeply seen Mm -hmm. and and what I loved I love the title of the book I haven't read quite read it yet Um, I've read an excerpt but it makes me it, it goes back to what you said about recognizing humanity
1: Absolutely. I mean, because I mean, the the thing about it is that we often get so caught up in growth, and you know, and and in, in in capitalism, we get so caught up in growth. We get caught up in in trying to grow. Every it's about growth. 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 And so, at the expense of people's humanity, expense of people's time, at the expense of people's lively, you know, their lives. And, you know, when I say lives, I'm talking about their actual whole entire life. You know, holistically speaking. You know, we focus so much on on pushing people to just to just to, to to make growth happen to where we miss out on the people themselves and some of the challenges that come from living in a challenging world that we find ourselves in so it's important for me as a leader to to kind of step back a little bit yeah and say hey let me let's find out about you there was a, there was a time there was an employee that i had once who whose mother whose, whose mother's sister her aunt Um, died and had she had to go to Mexico, you know, for the funeral, and so she came to me. Just she was not not right that day. She was really just really just despondent and really sad. And so she came up to me, and I said, I said, you okay? Let's let's talk. And so when I was talking to her, she said. I just want to tell you that, you know, that my mom, you know, my aunt, you know, she passed That was my mom's only remaining sister. She passed away. And and so I, my mom is really hurt. And I got to take my mom to Mexico, you know, to be able to, you know, for the funeral services. And so, but I don't want to leave the job because I got this thing happening. I got this happening. I got this happening. I got these things happening. I said, no, 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 no. I said, Go. I said I, I, I said this is your time. This is personal time off. It's PTO personal time off. You there as you see fit. I'm not the po- I'm not the, the PTO police. I don't have I'm not gonna sit there and try to police your how you use your time. And number two, this is family. This is important. I yeah. said, go. I said, don't worry about whatever you whatever you have to do. We'll cover it. I said, I'll cover it. You know, again, I have no problem covering the sites that of uh, things that my team has done because I've done it before, I've been in that role where I had to go and and, and set up stuff and, and, and be there all day. And, and you know, I, I've done all those kinds of things that communication requires. So I said, I'll go sit there. I'll go take care of it for you. Don't worry about it. I said, because your family is important. I said, now go home today. Go. I said, go home now. And so that's the way I lead because I want people to, I re- I recognize their humanity and I want people to be able to feel like they can be human and not yeah. just be in a type of
0: Yeah. So, so you, you mentioned, first of all, really appreciate that story and a great example of how you, how you recognize humanity. And I can certainly relate to those kinds of conversations um, as, a, as an HR manager for years. Darian, you mentioned a bit ago your philosophy of leadership. I think those were your exact words, in fact. I'm curious to know how, like, how did, how did that, how did, how did who you are as a leader, like, how did you choose? How did you decide what kind of a leader you wanted to be? Great
1: question, Tim. I believe part of part of that came from having, regrettably, a lot of poor leaders. <laughs> okay. so, so, I, so as in my life, I've had experiences where I, I experienced some difficulties and I said that I didn't want anybody else to have to deal with that. So I said, I want to make sure that I become the opposite of that so that I won't I won't perpetuate something that is harmful. So when I, look at, when I look at my philosophy of leadership, one of the first things that I think about when I think about the term leadership is being able to lead. And, and leadership denotes having some type of vision, having, being able to see something beyond where you are. Again, managers manage and, and regulate. Supervisors, you know they oversee. But a leader is somebody that guides. That, that somebody that, that has a vision in mind that has a place that they're trying to go and they want to take people with them and people believe that they want to there, there's a shared sense of purpose that comes in leadership. And so when I when I talk about my philosophy of leadership is is being able to create a shared sense of purpose among those who you're leading. Understanding that this is this is this is our this is our purpose. This is our goal. This is this is this is this, is, this is what we're trying to do. So let's let's work together to do this. Let's figure out the best way to be able to make this particular thing happen. This is what my leadership philosophy is. Again, and you do this by building relationships. You do this by being clear, by really being having a clear place of where you're trying to get to. Because again, if there's if there's no destination, you'll get you'll, you'll arrive anywhere. So you want to have a leader should have a place where they're trying to get to and and have and have a means in which to in order to fulfill that particular thing. And that's by building relationships. That's by Acknowledging people's humanity. That's by being clear in what we're trying to do. That's by being adaptive in the midst of things. Again, a good project manager is somebody who's able to understand that that a deliverable, a deliverable is supposed to be given on a particular day, but the person that's supposed to have the deliverable ended up getting sick. So now we have to now we have to make some adjustments in our timeline because of the because the person that's out sick because of because now that we have to change the timeline. So a good leader recognizes that timelines are not, are are not static. They're very much flexible. And so a leader has to be willing and able to have a a certain amount of flexibility involved when it comes to fulfilling that, that shared purpose. So this is my philosophy leadership. These are things that I try to do when I lead. And and finally, I think one of the, one of the most important things beyond building relationships, beyond being clear, beyond being able to articulate, you know, a flexibility, you know, a sense of flexibility, it's being able to just love what you do and to be able to have a passion for for life and a passion for people in the midst of that. So so being able to say, hey, we're trying to get here, but life is absurd. There's all kinds of crazy things that happen in life. And to be able to roll with the absurdity. I mean, we're like Sisyphus pushing the rock up the up, up the mountain only to see sometimes that it's going to come back down. But we have to be willing to see that it's just absurd. But we still got to continue to try to push this mountain up. And as Albert Camus, the, the existential philosopher says, I can see Sisyphus smiling. And so in the midst of all of the craziness that comes from the absurdity of life, we have to be able to take it with a grain of salt and be like, this is, this is completely nuts. But let's keep on going because life is a beautiful thing, even though it's completely nuts. And it has its ups and, it has its, ups and its downs, it has its challenges, it has all of these things that happen. But let's continue to move forward and let's continue to do the best we can with the time that we have.
0: So I so, uh, uh, love it all. What what do you do when when you're you're trying to I'm going to use that word trying to lead someone um, to where you want them or where the organization or whatever needs to go You've got that vision and and you've got that sense of purpose How do you make that appealing to a follower so that somebody says I can almost give up what i wanted to do and what i wanted to achieve to follow you to the vision and to the destination that you're thinking is that does that question make sense how do you how do you get yeah. somebody to follow you i
1: mean the one uh, one thing i would say is it goes back to just acknowledging somebody's humanity it goes to beyond the of humanity is is taking time to really care about it as a person when I, when I started, when I was in grad school, before I started teaching, the first day of class, the, my, my, my professor said something that was that was profound at the time. And that was, uh, students don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Again, it's cliche now and it's been said all, in all yeah. kinds of um, circumstances and, and capacities and all kinds of and, um, places. But that was at the time when I heard that, I was like, wow, I was like, yeah. They do need to know that I care more than how much I know, and so this is this is also incumbent because people are people, whether they're little small people or grown up people. People are people, and so there's a certain peopleness that people have, which we have to be able to understand and recognize. And so it's important to be able to say, "Hey, this is where we're trying to go," and let me let me let me let's talk about what what the what the what the big picture is in this. And this is why having a vision is, is important because because I, I won't follow somebody that don't have a vision. And so oftentimes when I would when I would be in interviews with people and people I'd be interviewing for a position, I would say, what's the vision? Where are we trying to go in the interview? And sometimes people are taken aback by it because they like, I don't know where we're trying to go, but they can't say that, but they just kind of like, well, we're trying to maintain, we're trying to grow. You know, it's like, okay, great, we're trying to grow. That means they really don't have a place of where the vision where they're trying to go. And so that's, that raises red flags because as a person that follows, I want to know where we're going. I want to know. I don't necessarily need to know every minute detail on where we're trying to get there. I just need to have a broad understanding of how we want, where we want to go. So as a leader, I try to do the same thing. I want to give broad strokes and say, this is where we're trying to go. We're trying to accomplish X, Y, and Z. So let's, let's work on doing this right here. And this is how you fit into us doing this right here. I want to show people how they fit into this process. Because if a person can't see themselves in the process, they're not going to be about that process. Yeah. I mean, it's, just, it's really that simple. If, if if you can't see how you fit, then you won't necessarily stay in a particular organization or a particular department or a particular role, job because you're saying, I don't see how I fit into all of this. Because we people, we want to have a sense of purpose in what we do. We want to feel like what we do matters. Yeah. And so since we want to feel like what we do matters, my responsibility as a leader is to show how a person's particular role does matter.
0: Yeah. So, so uh, you're, you're making me think of of this question as well. So how do you you, you seem like a very determined and very deliberate kind of leader? And yes. um, that's one of the things when you and I first met and we had our first conversation, I did get the sense that there was a deliberateness um, to you, to who you were, to the work that you have been involved in, to the kind of leader that you want to be. So how do you know, or how, looking back, looking back on the kind of leader that you have been, and and again, we're all on a journey and we're all growing and changing, but how do you know, Darian, when something about your leader style has to change? How do you know when you need to modify it? Okay,
1: well, one of the things that happens is you begin to see that, that the results that you're looking to, to to gain aren't necessarily there. So you're saying, okay, okay, this is this is this is this is falling short. Um, you, the, the industry changes. Um, you know, the the, the, the your, your client, your 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 staff changes, the leadership changes broadly in the organization. So those are things that you have to pay attention to. You know, when you're looking at yourself, you're saying, okay, I need to make sure that I'm honing my skills. I need to make sure that I'm learning. I need to make sure that I'm doing X, Y, and Z, but also looking at what's happening around. Okay, my staff, I got some staff turnover. You know, I had some staff that that left the organization completely. You know, I had some, um, There's there's been some, there's been some churn. There's been some churn in the HR department. There's been some churn in executive leadership. So I need to really pay attention to these things and determine how these things are going to affect, affect how I lead. Additionally, another thing to keep in mind is, is that I have not arrived so in in our in our in our cultural context, we tend to believe that we get to a particular destination, and then that's it we've gotten there i've arrived i'm here i'm that I, you know I, I i've i've reached this particular i've reached this pinnacle i've made it where in other other cultural contexts people only see that as 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 a as a way station on a path yeah, yeah on a journey if you would so and so, so it's, it's kind of like it's, if I, you know the bra in some traditions, they talk about enlightenment. They talk about this this idea that I've that I've arrived at a particular place, and I'm able to see the world in a particular type of way. But that's not the end. That's just the beginning, because now you have to figure out what do you do now that you now that you've achieved this particular state. What do you do? You know, to use a pop culture reference, Neo figured out that he was in the matrix when he got out. when I mean, he still had to figure out, okay, now now what do I do now? Now that I see all of this and understand this is the real world and I took the red pill and this is all What do I do now? And so as a leader, I have to always be curious to say, so what am I what do I do now? Now that I've gotten to a particular place in leadership, what am I supposed to do now? And so that's and that drives me to continue to want to grow and to want to continue to to to, to, to be self-critical of what I'm doing and also let those who I care about and those who may not, who I may not care about, who, you know, who can who can look at me and be objective and say, hey, you've fallen short in this area right here. You need to do this right here. You need to do this right here. Or you might wanna consider doing this so that I can continue to, to this process of growth because once I get to this particular state, then I mean, I have to go somewhere else to, to get to. In other words, as long as I'm alive, I got something to strive for.
0: Yeah, so, yeah.
1: So the moment that my life ceases to exist, then I have no more to strive for. But as long as I'm alive, there's a goal in mind. When that baby gets, when that baby is about four months old and they begin to see, they begin to see other kids scooting around, you know, crawling really fast, and they begin to see, and they say, oh, I want to do that. <laughs> so there's that, there's the, because they're getting somewhere that I can't, I can't, right now, my current level of mobility does not allow me to get to that point. So I need to do something to get there. So they push themselves and roll over and turn to the, so they eventually they can begin to crawl. And those children that are crawling, they see these other children that are a little bit bigger that are able to ambulate and move a little bit faster. And they say, hey, I want to do that because there's a certain freedom that comes with what they're doing. And I want a piece of that. And so they begin to struggle to get up, fall down, get up, fall down in order to walk. And then then the kids that are walking see these other little kids that are just a little bit bigger walking very quickly and they say, Hey, I can get around even faster. And so as we go on through life, and as you as you're as you're about 12 or 13, you recognize that man, these kids are in cars. I want to do that. I, they can get around faster than me, as my aunt said. Slow wheels are better than fast heels every single day of the week. So, so so this 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 driving is part of being a good human being. And so if we lose that part of us. We lose what makes leaders lead, and we lose what makes us uniquely human. So we have to continue to strive. I think Nietzsche called it the will to Nietzsche called it the will to power. You know, you want you want to you know, um, you know, to, to continue to grow, to continue to move forward, and that's something that we have to be able to do. And as leaders, we just can't be satisfied with what we got to. We got to continue to think about where we're trying to go next.
0: I mean, the the, the baby analogy is, is a good one. It it's it's about our behavior moving from instinct to where it really does become that of, well, conscious choice or reflective choice and kind of, you know, Absolutely. choosing to be the kind of leader that you want want to be. Absolutely. And, I, and I love the, what is it? Fast wheels, wheels fast, are faster.
1: My, my says slow wheels are better than fast heels.
0: So, okay. Okay. That's great. That's memorable. That's a memorable quote. There's a lot of things that you just said in the last couple of minutes. One thing that you you talked about, and I'm hoping that you remember the the, the part of your answer where you talked about the leader responding to feedback being provided by somebody else. I'd like mm-hmm. to talk with you a little bit about that. I personally am all about coaching and feedback. Right. I, I, I personally am a firm believer that that if we want to benefit from an inclusive and um, a team, team of people that we're working with, don't wait for coaching and feedback. You know, ask for it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm curious to know why do you think that that is so important for you as a leader? Why is it important that those are those people who are around you are giving you, Coaching and feedback. Well, let's let's
1: let's look at it like this. One thing is, without without the benefit of a mirror or some type of reflective device, we can't see ourselves. I would not right. know what I look like without a mirror. All
0: right. So
1: so so you first have to be able to be able to look in look in the mirror and see what you actually see. Again, I would be a terrible person if a terrible shaver if I tried to shave without the use of a mirror. I don't know what I might get, <laughs> right. so right. so there has to, there has to be something that that's there to, to, in order to reflect, you know, for me to be able to have a moment of self reflection, be able to see. And then beyond that, when I'm in the world, if I had if I had a stain on my shirt, and I don't have the benefit of a mirror, somebody can tell me, "Hey, Darren, you got a stain on your shirt, right here." I don't see the stain, so I need somebody to help me to see that. You know there there's been there, there might be a situation where where my breath isn't as, as fresh as I think it is and so somebody might say Darren, you you're a little tart right now you you might wanna you might want a piece of gum or something to assist you you know with with facilitating this this bad breathness that you're currently putting around us so so it's important to have others because it allows you to be able to see things that you can't see again I don't again I won't know how good I look in a particular outfit unless somebody is able to compliment me and say, hey, Darren, you know, that outfit looks really good on you. Or, man, that color combination, yeah, I don't know about that. You might, you might wanna try that or that fragrance you wore. You know, so I, I, so I, would, so I would, in the office, I, would look, I, I love fragrances. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a fragrance guy. So I love wearing cologne fragrances and things. And so, so I would try different fragrances out. And so I would go to certain people in the office and say, how does this smell? Is this too much? is this, is this, is this too much of a, is it too loud? Is it too strong? And they say, wow, this smells really good, but you might, you know, this you might might have worn a little bit too much today. Or, uh-huh. wow, this one smells, this one smells amazing. You might want to pump a little bit more of this. And so as a leader, this is what you have to do. And so I use these analogies to kind of point us to how we should be able to receive feedback, understanding that regardless of a person's motives, because we don't know people's motives. We don't know whether they, they're coming from a good place or a bad place, but we can always assume positive intent. And if we do, that allows us to be able to take what they're saying in stride and understand that if, 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 they, if they were in a similar situation, they would want them to help them too. And so see it as a helping opportunity. And so that's that's what you do. You you use people around you. You say, hey, so where where, where, where am I falling short at? If, if there's a particular event, I did an event one time and it didn't go exactly as I, as I wanted it to go. So I got some feedback and said, what, what should I have done differently? It's like next time you got you got to you got to plan it a little bit earlier. You didn't plan it, you, you planned it too soon. You need to have X, you need to have at least 120 days out, excuse me, before you actually do this event as opposed to doing trying to do it within 90. So that was just that was something that allowed me to know if I'm planning particular events, the bigger the event, the more lead time you need in order to plan it. So that's an example. So I wouldn't, I would not have gotten better at planning events to where I can tell you if, it, if it's a small scale event, I say, okay, we need, really need about this amount of time, you know, you got a venue. You know what kind of venue you have. Um, you need sound system. You know, and so I, I wouldn't be able to understand all the logistics necessary without
0: people giving me that kind of feedback. That's great. That's good. So, Brian, I I really do love that answer, and I and I appreciate and I appreciate that, and I and I know that. Well, I just know that we need people to tell us what we can't see because we don't always have the benefit of that mirror. Um, plus, you and I both have a perspective of what we think we're seeing in the mirror, and, and oftentimes it looks pretty good when it isn't.
1: So, exactly.
0: Yeah, so just curious to know how then, the, 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 during the fact of the matter is that not everyone is comfortable providing feedback. So how do you create the environment? How do you create a sense where followers, you know, I use air quotes, followers are comfortable coaching the leader. How how do you how do you do that?
1: Well, one is
0: I think I think one of the
1: first things that's necessary is to create an environment of trust. Okay. I mean, because let's face it, Tim, in, 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 in corporate America there's a there's there 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 are a lot of there are a lot of toxic environments there are a lot of environments that that are that are unhealthy for people and so people come to work automatically guarded they come to work in defense mode and so that so they have already come in you know with their fight or flight responses already intact because because the work environment is such that it's not a place where they feel a modicum of safety if you would so so on a, on a broad level what has to happen is it has to, the leader has to create an environment where there's, some tr- there's a level of trust that's involved. there's a level of, of people feeling safe that's involved. and again, the only way that happens is with time. I think because um it's hard to it's, it's basically it's, it's hard and it's unfair if a leader was, a leader was brought in and then it's, and it's time for reviews like next month. And so they're expecting the leader to to be able to to give reviews to a person that they don't even really know yet so you know so 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 from a systemic standpoint some of those things have to be be hr and and leadership have to look at some of these things and say hey is it should we be doing these if we bringing leaders in shouldn't shouldn't we try to adjust timelines to reflect you know the leader getting a chance to know their their new team you know those that they'll be leading so so you have to build be able to build an environment of trust. And again, that takes time because trust, trust that's given too quickly is going to be lost very quickly. You know, yeah. so trust, trust has it takes time to develop. So people have to know if you know, know know what you're there for, know what your MO is. They have to know you have to learn about them and their quirks and they have to learn your quirks. And so it's it's a learning process because you're in a relationship with these people because one thing, you're spending a lot of time with folks, you know, a lot almost more time than what you spend with your your, with your family and loved ones and so so there's there has to take some time to do that so I think that that if you if you come in and you and you and you tell tell your team this is going to take some time for us to get to know each other some take some time for us to grow together to learn so I just ask that you just give us pay give me patience you know and give me grace as I learn, as I learn about you all, and as you learn about me, and so that we can grow together and get to this particular, this goal, this place, this abstract place that we're trying to get to, that we can get there and make that abstraction a reality. So, that's the. I mean, that's the only way to really do it, because other than that, you're going to have the environment. If if they had, if they had a leader before that was very toxic. Again, again, I've, I've been the situation where I got I was at a role, and the leader that they had was was toxic. This person was just the antithesis of everything I tried to do. So the the people were afraid of me. They were afraid. They were afraid to, they were like, I'm going to the, I'm going to the restroom. I'm like, why are you telling me that? You're an adult, you're an adult everywhere else in the world. You don't have to account for your whereabouts like that. Why are you coming? I I didn't, I didn't fuss, but I was thinking in my mind, like, wow, this leaders that they had must've been really, really bad because this person is is coming to me to say you know to say can I go to the restroom? And I'm like, you're an adult. And and, and so so you want to be able to build an environment where people feel people can be grown. They can they can be adults. They can self-actualize in a way that allows them to you recognize their, again recognizing their humanity. I'm coming back to that because we just I mean in order to build an environment where feedback is able to be given you have to be build an environment where trust is allowed to be received, allowed, allowed to be to be garnered and built in.
0: Yeah. Well. So then you know you know this that you know trust. It does take time. It's 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 hard to cultivate, and once you have it, it becomes a, it it really becomes a commodity and a really important commodity. So so fragile. You lose yes. it, and it's almost like you have to start all over again. Absolutely. Yeah. So Darian, the thing that I I would say, and this is my appreciation for you. Um, that it does sound like well you've been doing this for a long time you've been leading for a long time but there is a sense of deliberateness and an intentionality to who you are as a leader which which I have definitely appreciated in the course of our conversation I hope our I hope our listeners um you know are hearing the same thing uh Darian I I really yeah. do want to thank you for a really terrific conversation I want to give you one one opportunity, you know, do you have any final comments, any thoughts that you would share um, finally about leadership or about leading others that you, you are burning it to, uh, to have recorded?
1: Yeah, I, I have a few things that I just wanted to add. One is, leadership is a, is a gift, meaning that when you have an opportunity to lead human beings, see it as a gift. Don't look at it as an obligation or even as, as, as I'm, you know, I'm, I'm the one, I'm the one, I'm the one to do this. Don't see this, see this as a gift and as an opportunity to serve. Yeah. Again, servant leadership, you know, it's so cliche now, you know, when people say I'm a servant leader, I'm a servant leader. And I, and I ask people, what does that really mean? You know? So I think if we want to have, if we want to have conventional results, Then we need to we we follow conventional wisdom. I think that if we want to have unconventional results, we need to follow unconventional wisdom. And so, a lot of times, the beauty in life is found in unconventional wisdom. is found in unconventional sources. I mean, if we look at look at Einstein, you know, just how his curiosity is what led him to to discover the theory of relativity. He wasn't. He wasn't that he was such a such an Einstein, if you would, such a genius that he was just so great in school, or just such a such a student that was just so amazing. He just was curious, and I think any good leader is just curious, is, is and 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 has and should have a sense of eclecticism. As I as I, as I as I started off, with, is learn from a lot of different sources, read a lot of different kinds of people. As not just enough to kind of read some some quotes from Zig Ziglar or Marcus Aurelius or some kind of um or some kind of Tim Robbins or something and say, Hey, I read this quote and, and so now I'm gonna go with this. Because again, there's something that was said before the quotation, there's something that was said after the quotation. We can't build you can't build a whole life or philosophy off a of quotation. We have to be able yeah. to understand what was said prior to and what was said after. So so context does matter. So what matters is for us to get beyond trying to trying to turn our leadership into a hundred and forty character tweet. You know, leadership is requires getting in the dirt, requires digging in, requires suffering, requires being in being with the people that you're leading, being right there with them. A leader, people are more willing to follow when they know that you have been where they are, yeah, and that you and you have an appreciation for what it is that they do. And you, can, and you can relate to the, the, the challenges that come from that. You know, yeah. again, building relationships, you build it however you can. You find, you got to find common ground. I think one of the biggest problems in leadership and in this country is that we lack the desire to find common ground. We just want to just say it's my way or the highway and no leader ever, no successful leader ever made it that way. We always have to recognize that it's not your highway and it's not your way. You know, we all are walking on paths that have been tread before us. Our responsibility is just to make sure that those who are who are following us on these new on these paths are able to get to where they need to get to because I'm not going somewhere by myself. I'm trying to get people to a particular place. And I want to be able to get to where I'm trying to get to because I depend on people leading me too. So I have to be able to recognize that I'm trying to get them somewhere and somebody's trying to get me somewhere. So it's it's gonna take it's gonna take being intrepid, it's gonna take being a visionary, it's gonna take being motivated, and it's gonna take just being just gracious and just, and, and again, just allowing life to be what it is. I mean, that's pretty much what I got. There,
0: there, are, there are so many good things about what you said. It's the second time that you've used the word, um, well, gracious and grace. And I think both of those are really important. And um, I absolutely agree with what you said about servant leadership. It means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Um, And, and sometimes there aren't enough people doing it. And then the, right. the third thing I would say, Darian, I totally agree with you is context is so important. It's so important for for leaders. Um, Darian, can I, may I make one other comment? I wanna ask your permission for this one other comment about something sure. that you said. And sure, for, absolutely. For, for those who are just listening, you don't have the benefit of seeing Darian and me, but we obviously, um, we're, we're, we're different. We're, we're different from, from a skin tone perspective Um, Darian told me that he you have you have some growing up in the south that you did, um, but you also spent a little bit of time in in the Detroit area. I'm from Buffalo um, and have lived in Virginia now for a number of years. So we have some differences. Uh, So what I loved about our conversation, this 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 podcast conversation and the conversation that we had um, a week or so ago is that I do believe we found some commonalities. Absolutely. And so I appreciate the commonalities that we have found. And I also, at the same time, appreciate the differences. Because, Darian, you and I both know that commonalities are important and differences are as well. Absolutely.
1: See, one, one thing, let me say this real quick, is, yeah. that, is that humans are paradoxical creatures. We're individuals, but yet we're part of a community. You know, we we you know we 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 are we are alike, but yet we're different. And so the beautiful thing is when we uh, when we recognize the the whole kaleidoscope of humanness and see it all and just recognize that, hey, there is some common ground, you know you know that we have to that we definitely have to tread. and you know, and there's also some differences that we have to be able to appreciate because, again, how would I learn something new if everybody was the same as me? and how and that, so again, and so that's the beauty of differences that allows you to learn. The, the problem is people are not willing to allow difference to play a, such a beautiful role that it does. I mean yeah. it plays different plays a beautiful role. I mean think about it from 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 a food perspective. If all you have was the food that you came up with, you and and, and not be exposed to any other type of other, other type of cuisine, It's like when you eat, and I eat, I I love food. So I love that too. So if I'm eating like a different kind of food, if I'm eating like authentic Italian food, you know, authentic Italian food, I'm like, ooh, this is different from like American style Italian food, you know. And so there's, and so I'm understanding the, the difference. If I'm eating, if I'm eating soul food, I'm saying, hey, this, this version of this is different from how we do it in Detroit, you know. And so it's beautiful to see the differences. I mean, to see the uniqueness of every human being, but understand that we are all humans, but we're all the same, but we're all different at the same time. Because And so we have to just appreciate that.
0: I love it. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. For those of you who are listening, um, uh, my guest today has been Darian House. Um, and I have really enjoyed this conversation as we have talked about leadership. Darian, thank you for joining me today. Um, I love getting to know you.
1: Thank you, Tim. I appreciated having a chance to speak with you, and I look forward to more conversations.
0: Yeah, for those of you who have been listening, today um, is our final episode of 2023. Um, you have been listening to a podcast. Uh, as a quick reminder, I am Tim Malone, owner of Your Life's Direction, and I want to thank you for taking time to join us today for this conversation. Um, if you'd like to join me as a guest on a future guest podcast, please reach out to me. At, tim at yourlifesdirection.org and use that same address if you're a leader who would like information on working with me as an executive coach. Again, thank you for your time, your, your, your thoughtfulness, Darian, and for those who have listened today, thank you as well. Um, and I'll see you on the flip side. I'll see you in 2024. Everybody have a good remainder of your year, and Darian, thanks again. Thank you, Tim.
1: You have a happy new year as well.
0: Thanks.